Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends, and welcome to Praying for America. So glad you could join me tonight when we are going to look more deeply at the speech that President Trump gave at the CPAC conference. I was there in attendance uh, on the Saturday, the 4th of March of 2023. Very important speech, policy-oriented, forward-looking, talking about how we're going to fix things and uh, really increasing the, the confidence of the American people that we can get out of the various messes that our country and our world are in right now. It's that spirit of confidence that we promote on this program. Why? Because we are people of the word, people of the word of God. And that's how we start. We don't just comment on the news. We pray over it. So we're going to pray over the various things that President Trump said in this speech. Uh, we want to pray for each other, too. So in the comments, let us know where you're from. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know any questions you have. Let us know what your prayer intentions may be. So as we pray for America, we can pray for one another. Let's start with the Word of God. I want to go to Philippians chapter 1. Paul is talking about the progress of the gospel, starting in verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that my situation has turned out rather to advance the gospel, so that my imprisonment has become well known in Christ throughout the whole praetorium, and to all the rest, and so that the majority of the brothers, having taken encouragement in the Lord from my imprisonment, dare more than ever to proclaim the word fearlessly. Of course, some preach Christ from envy and rivalry, others from goodwill. The latter act out of love, aware that I am here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not from pure motives thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What difference does it make, as long as in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is being proclaimed? And in that, I rejoice. Let us pray. Father, we indeed want your Son, Jesus Christ, to be proclaimed in every and any way. Lord, even those who attack Him, even those who attack Your kingdom, Your church, Your gospel, even those who attack us as Christ's disciples, are in Your providence able to bring attention to the very gospel that they attack. And in that, Lord God, we see You bringing good out of evil. We ask that as the left continues to make such an issue out of our beliefs, our values, our worldview, they make such an issue and they yell and scream about it. We pray, Lord God, that in yelling and screaming about it, in opposing and attacking it, as it comes to the attention of others, they may honestly consider the message of the gospel. Consider the grace of the kingdom, and be led by your Spirit even to embrace it. Turn the attacks of the enemy against themselves and bring about the continued spread of your gospel. 
We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, that theme there from the beginning of Philippians is interesting also as we apply it to America, because so many are attacking America. So many, as we'll see in President Trump's speech, are um, attacking him. But as he points out, it's not because it's against him. It's against all of us. And the very attacks can bring attention to the very values that we stand for, the importance of America, uh, the principles on which it was founded, and the principles on which we need to build for its future. So let's go right into this um, speech, and I'll have the link right at our, you know, we have our special website, prolifevote.com, and we'll put the the link to this speech right there, and uh, you can watch the speech itself uh, there as well. You'll see the various links that uh, go to it. Um, But let's take a look at one of the first things he said. This is a document that just highlights some of the um, the key quotes. So we'll show it to you as we read certain portions here. President Trump said that while he faces relentless attacks, he is not the real target. The real target are the people he's standing up for. And so we read, he says, our enemies are desperate to stop us because they know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that we can defeat them. They know that we will defeat them. But they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. And here's one of the uh, most memorable lines from that speech the other night. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. Now, let's pause there and think about that. Isn't that an interesting line? I am your retribution. Because so many have been wronged and betrayed, myself included. People, because they have been supporters of President Trump, have been attacked. In fact, I was just uh, recently uh, talking with uh, Jenna Ellis one of President Trump's attorneys, and she has been attacked by the left. They tried to, uh, they failed, but they tried to take away her uh, law license. And um, why? Because they're claiming that she was misrepresenting the truth and lying. Yeah, you know, everybody that, you know, supports President Trump, defends America, defends election integrity, you know, we're all painted as you know, liars and evil people and wrongdoers. Yeah, that, that's just, you know, that's just the the way that the left operates, the way that they, they want to attack. They want to cancel. See, they want to take Jenna Ellis out of the legal profession. They want to take priests like me out of the priesthood. They want to take leaders like James O'Keefe out of Project Veritas. They want to try to decapitate these various efforts and uh, ministries. You know what? No matter what titles we have, no matter what kind of clothing we wear, no matter where we end up in the midst of these battles, the other side has got to learn, and they will learn, but by brutal experience, uh, that they are not going to be able to either silence this message or stop this movement because it doesn't depend on them. It depends on the resolute conviction of us. 
each of us, you listening, me, people like James, people like Jenna, people like President Trump, it depends on our determination and our perseverance. You can accomplish what you want if you are determined enough and persevere enough. And we are not turning around, stopping, or even slowing down. Uh, And so he says, for those who have been wronged and betrayed, some are even in prison because of all of this, I am your retribution. How are we going to get back at the left for trying to deprive us of the good that we have in America, the values that we are fighting for, well, we're going to bring back the very person that they are most angry at. Again, not because of him in and of himself, but because of the way he represents all of us. I am your voice, he said at the beginning. Well, that voice went forth and inspired people to do things. That's the point. The voice brings about the action. It's like our Lord said, of course, you know, referring to God is a very different matter. He says, my word shall not return to me empty. Well, you know, we know that God, when he speaks, it happens. He spoke and, and, and he created everything. But in an analogous way, we can say that when we speak the truth, the truth is not only heard, the truth shapes things. It brings things about. So President Trump said in 2016, I am your voice. Remember, he said in his inaugural speech, I often refer back to this, that this is not about just power being transferred from one party to another. He said it's about power being transferred from Washington, D.C. back to the people. I am your voice. When people hear that voice articulating the things they believe in, reinforcing the things that they've already taken to heart, that spurs them into action. That's the point. Now, that action then provokes pushback from the left, and so some end up getting hurt, wronged, and betrayed. And that's why now he's adding to the message that he's our voice by saying, yeah, now we're going to push back against those who push back against us. I am your retribution. I'm your justice. This is very, it's very fascinating to me. I, 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 I won't... When have we heard presidents or presidential candidates talk quite this way? He has such a vision of and an understanding of the big picture here of the spiritual battle that's going on. I I think we we should go into prayer right now because this this really is profound. This this really is profound. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we hear your voice. We hear your word. Our founders heard your word. That people matter. That people should be represented. They saw your word being snuffed out by the tyrant, King George, and they listed their grievances against him in the Declaration of Independence. Because he wasn't hearing their voice. He wasn't valuing their lives. He wasn't recognizing their dignity. He wasn't realizing that they count for something. Lord, we count for something because we count in the heavens. We count for something because we count in your Son, Jesus Christ. We count for something because he died for us and he rose for us and he sent us his spirit and he made us members of his body. We count. 
And so, Lord, we've heard your voice, and it has translated into action, and it has translated into a nation, and that nation has blossomed and been successful in the world and become a shining city on a hill. We've heard your voice, and we've acted accordingly. And we've heard the voice, Lord God, of leaders that you have raised up who have echoed that voice, that voice that comes to us right from the time of our founders down throughout our history, has inspired the defense of this country, even in warfare. And Lord, we are inspired by that voice today. We pray for all those who need justice. We pray for all those who have been wronged, sidelined, canceled, attacked, persecuted, lied about, imprisoned, falsely accused, We pray, Lord God, for all those who, because they stand for America and because they stand with President Trump, not simply because of him, but because of their love for America, send your grace upon all these people and let there, in fact, be justice. Let there be healing where there are wounds. Let there be restoration where there has been canceling. Let there be life where the enemy wants to bring death. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, well, there's a lot in just that little line from the speech. Let's uh, show you some of the speech here on on the website here and uh, read a second section of it here. In vivid language, President Trump signaled at the outset of his speech what his supporters will get with him in a second term. Okay, so if we scroll down a little bit, we'll see a passage that I want to read now. Let's keep going. And um, this is kind of a litany of, and it's a little bit further. Here we go. There's the paragraph there. With you at my side, he says, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists. We will throw off the political class that hates our country. We will beat the Democrats. We will rout the fake news media. We will expose and appropriately deal with the rhinos. We will evict Joe Biden from the White House. And we will liberate America from these villains and scoundrels once and for all. Um, You know, (laughs) uh, that's a pretty good summary of what we what we want and what we need i mean this is a big big agenda and he says it in you know part of the part of the battle here and part of the victory is simply the way we talk about it in fact if you analyze and i'm going to do a separate program friends uh, where we analyze some of the principles of social reform. But if you analyze some of the reform movements that have actually made a difference in history, you will not find a single one of them that has made an actual difference in history or a major difference in public policy that has not used radical rhetoric. And when I say radical, I mean it in its, in its fundamental sense, going to the root And radical rhetoric is clear rhetoric. And rhetoric is not, you know, the opposite of truth, right? Rhetoric 
can convey truth. It can convey lies, too. But th th we're talking about radical rhetoric behind social movements that have brought about change, that have brought about justice. So you listen, again, who talks like this? Well, who talks like this are people that are, that are ready and able to make and committed to make actual changes. Demolish the deep state. See, that's radical rhetoric in a, the best sense of the term. There is such a thing as a deep state. It's deeper than we thought it was. It's people who are in, 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 in the administration, for example. Maybe they've been in, in federal government work for over several administrations, and some of them are administrations they agree with, and others are administrations they don't agree with. They might belong to the other party. And yet they're supposed to be working to advance the agenda of that particular president. And what if they don't agree with them? Some of them will delay, slow walk in carrying out their orders. Others will do exactly the opposite of what they've been ordered to do. The opposite. I've talked to some of the people that have that worked in these offices side by side with these characters in the deep state. I think they're unaccountable to anybody but themselves, and they feel free to just you know disregard orders or just do the opposite. They shouldn't be working there. They should be thrown out. And the president should have the authority to throw them out. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. Notice he says, with you at my, at my side. He's not talking about something that he's going to come in like a savior and do it all by himself. He's never thought that. And no real leader is ever going to think that. You always recognize, you know, with all humility, your own limitations, you can do very, very little by yourself. But you can gather around yourself people who, you working as a team, can do a lot. And that's what, 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 what President Trump has done and will we'll continue to do. So we're going to demolish the deep state. Expel the warmongers. You know, we can't have, like, they take this Ukraine situation. You know, on the one hand, one can understand the importance, the value of stopping Russia. I mean, we've got to get Russia out of the way as an enemy. And I don't mean destroying. I mean, I mean getting, getting them to, to, to negotiate peace and stop being this kind of, uh, you know, uh, a power where you're going out and you're just, you know, conquering and annexing whatever kind of territories you think are yours. Uh, this is dangerous because Ukraine wouldn't be their last stop if they succeed in taking that. You know, they'll keep going further. And, and, and the interests of America are at stake if Russia keeps acting this way and starts attacking countries that are even closer to us and more allied with us, you know, obviously that has to stop. The other reason geopolitically that you want to sideline this aggressive power of Russia is that we've got China to deal with. And, you know, it's going to be much uh, easier to deal with China if we don't have to be simultaneously dealing with China and Russia so there's reasons to be concerned about, you know, it's not like we look at Ukraine and we can say, oh, well, let's just, you know, ignore the whole thing. And we're not advocating ignoring it. But neither can we have this war just go on and on and on, and neither should we be sending people over there or excessive amounts of money that we can't, we're not fixing problems at all. So the, the, the issue here is what President Trump has said is, well, you know, if I were in this... <laughs> in the White House, we first of all, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen at all. And that's true. There's a reason why it was the only modern day president under whom 
Russia didn't try to uh, uh, take territory from somebody else. It's the only one. Because they know they're dealing with a no-nonsense guy, a no-nonsense fighter for America. But expel the warmongers, he says. If I were in this position, I'd, I'd broker a peace deal in 24 hours, he said. Do you doubt it? Of course he'd be able to do that. We need him doing that as quickly as possible. So we can't let the war drag out uh, months and months and months and years on end. It can't. It's got to stop. And yet some seem to be of the mind that wars are good or, you know, get they have a knack of getting us into wars. Again, President Trump, the only modern president who has not gotten us into a new war. You look at the previous administrations, it was only under President Trump's administration in recent history that we didn't get into any new wars. And yet the radical left and the fake news media, disconnected and dumb as they are, all their complaints and all their fears and all their fear-mongering and all their predictions were, oh, President Trump, you know, he's going to get us into nuclear war. He's the one that kept us out of it. And look at what these current people are doing in leadership. Drive out the globalists. You know, listen, it's America first. There's globalists out there. They want one world government. They want uh, the interests of other countries be above our own. Um, the political class that hates our country, the communists. You know, President Trump said in his speech, we went beyond, we skipped over socialism. He had said in the last campaign, we will never be a socialist nation. Absolutely, absolutely true. We will never be a socialist country. Well, it's not even social. We don't even have to talk about socialism. It's communism that is encroaching upon us. The Democrat Party is being ruled now, and the radical left and its institutions are being ruled now by Marxists. We have to label the problem for what it is. Again, social reform doesn't happen without radical rhetoric. Radical rhetoric which says in plain, clear terms what the problem is. And this is what he's doing here. Routing the fake news media, dealing with the rhinos. You know, this is about 20% of the Republican Party are still in this rhino camp. And um, you got to look at the, the kind of uh, philosophy they embrace as opposed to the MAGA, America First movement, which is now a good 80% of the, uh, of the party. And uh, we have to deal appropriately with the rhinos. They're getting in the way. They're getting in the way, and they're actually doing the bidding of the of the other side, and that has to be stopped. Let's go back to the website showing the speech, because right under the paragraph I just read, this was a rousing battle cry, and you see it there. This is the final battle. I mean, that's these are these are powerful words. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. Either they win or we win. 
And I promise you this, if you put me back in the White House, their reign will be over and America will be a free nation once again. This is serious stuff, brothers and sisters. We, 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 you know, we are used to saying in every election, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And, you know, sometimes to convey the same point, and it's always been true. It's never been an exaggeration. But sometimes we have to employ new uh, battle cries, new words. And, and this is what the president is doing here, calling this the final battle. Because, you know, if, if the radical left takes over, I mean, they've made their intentions clear. They've shown their true colors. They want to destroy the country. It's not just a matter of a different policy. And they want to destroy our ability to change it, uh, destroy the electoral process, right? All the efforts to uh, overtake elections, uh, take them take them away from the state level. That's why this upcoming uh, decision from the Supreme Court in the Moore versus Harper case is going to be very important to watch. How much authority, because I think we'll win this case in the sense that the court will affirm uh, strongly the authority of the individual states to manage the way they conduct elections, that's important because we saw in, in the last Congress the Democrats' efforts to federalize the elections with, with all kinds of policies that would uh, make elections less secure, not more secure. And their radical ideas about, you know, one example, letting non-citizens vote. They're already doing it in D.C. and and, and they're pushing for it on many, uh, on the local level. They love to see it right all the way up to the federal level. And what kind of sense does this make? See, this is where, again, it's not just policy differences. It's a choice between common sense and insanity. And what, what sense does it make now in Washington, D.C.? Oh, non-citizens uh, can vote. How is it that somebody can vote for the leadership of a country that, that, that they don't even belong to? You want to vote and you care so much about the country that you want to vote in our elections? Well, then become a citizen. Do it the right way. Do it legally. Do the work that needs to be done. There's about 9 million people waiting now to take their immigration exams. Take their exams. you got to take an exam. you got to study. you got to know something about our history. You have to know something about our Constitution. You have to know something about how our government works before you start working it. How are these 9 million people are waiting to take their exams? What exams are these people taking that are trudging through the, 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 the water, crossing over the border, and caring nothing? Their first act of being in America is a law-breaking act. I don't care about your immigration laws. I'm just coming in. And for those religious leaders, especially Catholic leaders, who are continue this garbage of ignoring the problems of illegal immigration and just you know using this rhetoric of oh well we have to welcome our brothers and sisters no matter where they come from when are you going to wake up and recognize first of all if you're a catholic leader what the catechism of the catholic church says that people wanting to come into a country have to respect its laws do you respect its laws and its values if the first act of entering the country is a is an illegal one? This is the kind of leadership we have nowadays. On the part of some Catholic leaders and other others who claim the name of Christ, the kind of nonsense, the absolute nonsense. 
that they are talking about. Oh, just let them in. Oh, we got to welcome them. We got to welcome them. Why don't you wake up to the harm being done, first of all, to these people, the harm to the trauma that these people are experiencing, not to mention because of the, the, the way that they're coming into the country, not to mention the people who are being trafficked or victims of the cartels or, or uh, uh, all kinds of other injustices that are being done in the name of immigration. Come on. Why are you so blind to this? Stop dressing up in religious language what is ultimately a naive, selfish, deluded, ignorant, blind position blind to the to the injustices that are being committed by and to these people that are crossing the border this is the final battle they know it i know it you know it everybody knows it either they win or we win they are trying to destroy this country There may be something in us that hesitates to acknowledge that. Well, that's what we have to focus on between now and, and the next election. Do we really believe this? Because if we do, that's going to help us take action and make the sacrifices necessary to win. If we don't, we're not going to have the strength to fight. We've got to believe what, what President Trump is saying here. Like Steve Bannon said at CPAC, it's not that there's a storm coming on the horizon. No, no. The storm is here. And in fighting, the ultimate goal is not unity. A lot of people, and this is where we go back to the problem of the rhinos, a lot of people will object to certain policy decisions because they'll say, oh, well, we have to preserve party unity. We can't go in this direction. It's too radical. We got to go here. We got to get unity in the nation. No, no, no. The primary goal is not unity. The primary goal is victory. Victory for freedom. Victory for life. Victory for the principles that we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not rewriting it from scratch. We know what the principles are. We know the principles that work. Oh, we need to foster unity. Oh, there's so much division. Yeah, well, there's a reason that there's division. Because there's people who hate what we stand for. There's a reason that there's division. Because there's people who are attacking what we stand for. Of course, it's division. That's not the issue. The issue is, are you fighting for victory? Are you on the right side of the division? Are you fending off the attacks? You don't go into a battlefield and say, oh, we got a problem here. There's no unity on the battlefield. Of course, there's no unity on the battlefield. It's a war. I, you know, the danger here, friends, is that some people don't even see the war. That, that, that They don't even see that they're under attack. You don't go out on a battlefield and say, hey, everybody, let's, uh, we need unity here. You know where unity comes from in a battlefield? It comes from victory. You rout the enemy. 
And then you have unity. So let's make that our clear mindset here. Let's make that our clear goal. And let's pray for that right now. Father, we do pray for all these things that President Trump said. Lord, the deep state, just eradicate it. Lord, get rid of the people that are being paid to do a job that they're not willing to do, who are undermining the very government they claim to be a part of. We ask you, Lord, the warmongers, just change their minds, change their hearts, help them to see reality. The globalists, get them out of our way. The communists, Lord, drive them far from us. Those that hate, change their hearts. The fake news media, Lord, close those companies. Get them out of our way. Get them out of our lives. And give us real journalism once again. The rhinos. Lord God, we don't know what motivates some of these people, but help them to realize that for a lot of them it's time to to retire from politics or at least to wake up and realize that it's not about some kind of political game. It's about what the founders wanted, freedom for our citizens. Lord, we ask you to help all of us realize the nature of this moment, the severity of this battle, and the need for victory above all. Not not unity, but victory. We ask you, Lord, to help us. Help us know the things to say, the things to do, to motivate our fellow citizens, and to actually put into office the people who will keep and save this nation and make it great. And now we summarize all our prayers. Lord, we pray for all our our viewers. And whatever needs they have, those they have expressed, those that they hold in the silence of their hearts, we pray for them all now as we offer the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining me and praying with me. Stay connected with me on social media. FR Frank Pavone is the address, as you can see there. And stay connected with Right Side Broadcasting and RSB Network. So much great programming from them and from us on endabortion.tv. Spread the word about these programs. And please join us again next time. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.